You're listening to Orange County's only station with critical business information, Critical Mass, with your host, Rick Franzi. Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. This business talk show airs live on Wednesdays at 4 p.m. and Thursdays at 3 p.m. And we're heard exclusively here on the Internet Radio Station, octalkradio.net. We're broadcasting from their state-of-the-art studios in the Tech Space facility here in Costa Mesa. If you're listening to our show in the future as a podcast, we do encourage you to consider listening to the show during our broadcast times, live here on octalkradio.net. I'd like to thank our commercial sponsors, Smart Stop Self Storage, Succession Strategies, Commerce National Bank, and Smart Business Magazine for providing their support for our show. The goal for this show is to help you, our listening audience, make better and more informed business decisions. If you're listening to the program live today and you'd like to participate in the conversation, find the community chat room section of octalkradio.net's website, log in with your Twitter handle, This will bring you right to our engineer, who today is Paul Roberts. Paul will bring your thoughts or ideas to my attention. Possibly I can work them into one of the two interviews that I have planned for today. If you're listening live, expecting to hear my interview with Ryder Smith, who is president of Trapepi Smith & Associates, well, just stay tuned, because he's our second guest on the program today. Our first guest today is David Kanani. He is owner of Kanani Advisory Group. David, welcome to the program. Thank you, Rick. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Let's begin simply by asking, tell us a little bit about your background. Well, the quick and dirty is I've been doing this for 27 years. Started fresh out of college in Louisville, Kentucky. Oh. So uh, 20 years of my practice was there. The first 10 years I was with a company called Prudential Financial Services. And then uh, after that, uh, decided that I need to kind of spread my wings, go out on my own, be able to offer more services and resources to our clientele. Is that why you decided it's best to go on your own? Exactly. That, okay. That's when we went and started Kanani Advisory Group as an independent advisory group. And uh, then 2000 and 2001 happened. Hmm. So many of our clients who previously were came to us because of estate planning issues or what have you, they had lost a lot of money. And I saw a need to perhaps maybe I should gear my practice towards more safe money management, uh, income planning, working with uh, retirees and people who are close to retirement. Okay. And that was about 2001, 2002, and here we are today. I moved to Orange County. My practice is in Irvine in 2006. And why did you move to Orange County in 2006? That one is a long story. It's just a family. Uh, We were from a very close family. Uh, Two or three of the family members wanted to come, brothers, sisters, parents. Oh, okay. So we all wanted to just be together and said, here we we are. From Kentucky? to We all moved from Kentucky. Wow. And it was a big change. Yeah. So we live in San Clemente, which we love San Clemente, and my practice is in Irvine. Yeah. Uh, All of Orange County is beautiful. South Orange County We love San Clemente. Very special, right? People in San Clemente are like Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. Very friendly, very just like home. And, and I find that in, in Southern California, too. You know, I'm, I'm a transplant from Pittsburgh. My wife's from go. Buffalo. Paul's from Detroit. I mean, there's a lot of people who have put down roots now, have their kids and second generation here in the county that are from, are from other exactly. places. It's exactly. It's very warm. So you kind of gave me a little bit of what's different about your advisory service in that your focus is on conservative investments, people that are around the the retirement age. People listening to our show, David, tend to be business owners, CEOs. Wonderful. So, so what um, help them to understand how you approach your advice and advising services? Well, specifically to that demographic, business owners, what's happening is um, many of us put money away during our working years, 
in 401ks, IRAs, what have you. Right. And because you're working for yourself, you don't have that nice pension that many people at least used to have or still have. And now you're getting to retirement, you have to make sure this account is going to produce an income for you for the rest of your life. Well, income planning is a big part of what we do. In other words, we'll give you something in your hand. Um, and let me back up a little bit. Actually, when it comes to income planning, when we build your financial house, we have a fundamental belief that a good portion of your income should come from a safe, guaranteed source. Okay. So we specialize in designing your own flexible pension plan, if that makes sense, mm -hmm. where regardless of who's going to be the next president, what news comes out of China or Europe, your income is not going to be affected. Okay. So w what would be the underlying tools, investment vehicles that would allow you to kind of have that safety? Well, that that's, gets complicated because okay. it's, it's a planning process that we put together. We use a lot of tools. Okay. But it, we are moving more away from the traditional stock, bond, mutual fund portfolio because you, if in the in the past, and that's really what differentiates us. Mm -hmm. In the past, what's happened is if a client wanted to be safe, well, then, Mr. Client, we're going to put you in fixed income. Well, fixed right. income is nothing but bonds. Right. And I'm not sure if today is the best time to be in bonds. Yeah. And then if you want to be on the equity side, we want to avoid another 2008 because as our clients are getting ready to retire, it's going to be harder for them to recover. So safety is a big part of what we do when it comes to income planning. Okay. So um, many people that own businesses have realized as they get close to selling the business or having a liquidity event that they really didn't put enough away or they invested. They tend to invest more in their business. Yes. Right? If I got five extra dollars, I'm going to put it on. I'm going to yes. bet on me rather than the market. We run into that all the time. We yeah. run into that all the time. There's what we call lack of liquidity. Okay. They might be worth a lot on paper, but they have liquid. their liquid investments uh, are not that substantial because of exactly what you said. So that's a challenge that we face. So we can only help them in that event when there is a sale of a business. Right. Then they have when some money to now, work with. what do we do with this? Right. Okay. Um, I'd like to ask each guest, you know, of all the things that you've learned in your business career, your pr different particular experiences, what's your guiding principle for how you're building Kanani Advisory Group? You know, that's a great question. Uh, I would say it in three words. Service, service, <laughs> service. That's the biggest part of what is missing in our industry. Really? Uh, what we're very good at is if we succeed, we become asset gatherers. So once we've got the client, then, okay, we move on to the next client. Well, in our firm, um, perhaps maybe without getting too philosophical, I have to share this with you, that also maybe comes from my faith where um, in, in my faith there's a saying that in anything you do, in any any uh, career that you have, be blue-collar, white-collar, if you do that in the spirit of service to mankind, it's considered worship. Hmm. And God knows we all don't pray enough or <laughs> to do enough worship. So I, I take that seriously to my practice. Okay. But in the, in the more simplistic way, you just got to be there. You have to answer the phone calls. You have to stay in touch with clients. For example, we're doing an event tomorrow night. It's just an ice cream social at Farrell's and Mission Viejo. Hmm. We're just having our clients bring their kids and grandkids just to have ice cream. Yeah, so what a great need, place, too. You, exactly. I love that place. So you just, when I say service, regardless of who the client is, uh -huh. answer that phone. Talk to them. I had a client today where 
they gave me a little bit of all they had about six years ago. There is not a dime to be made on their account. But they were in my office. I spent about an hour with them just listening to what their concerns were. What their, It was just simple stuff. Mm-hmm. You would not believe how appreciative they were. That made my day. I didn't make a penny. And I'm not making a penny from here on. But that made my day just okay. being there and answering their questions. That's so service, service, service is really what I would say would be the key thing. I'd like to come back, and we're, we've got like two minutes, and we're going to take our first commercial sure. break. But I, I wanted to ask you, that's a big move to move from Louisville to Orange County. Uh, you you had to rebuild your business, I take it, right? I did not have one client when I moved in 2006. Wow. I did not have one client. It was tr- very challenging. Yeah, that's Perhaps very we brave. we can talk about it after the Well, there's a, there's a lot of entrepreneurs, et cetera, out there who are, and, I mean, that's a... It was a big leap of faith. And believe me, there is a big culture difference between Kentucky and Southern California. Right. And then to have to hang your shingle out and find exactly. clients in, in an area... A small fish in a big, big pond. And we're going to talk about that sure. a little bit later in the interview. So I think we should take our first commercial break that now, David. Great. And when we come back, I'm going to ask you to... You know, kind of talk a little bit about. You have 25 years in the industry, right? Your your firm is celebrating 25 years, even though you rebuilt it here recently. So we're going to get into that, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, interesting conversation with David Kanani of Kanani Advisory Group, and we'll be right back after these words from our commercial sponsors. Can we talk about your family business? You know that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into. Well. What happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely, ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's Succession-Strategies.com. Got stuff to the right, more stuff to the left. Got enough stuff, but I can't take a step. So I smart stopped and took a minute to think. I need a little better spot, not under the sink. With smart stop, I leave the stress at the door. Cause it's the smart old way to store. Smart stop bucks the system. Your first month's rent is just a buck. Your next three months are half off. Call 888-97-STORAGE and mention this station. Goodbye clutter, hello floors. Smart stop, the smarter way to store. Welcome back to Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi, and we're broadcasting here live from octalkradio.net, state-of-the-art studios in Costa Mesa, California. I'd like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our show as a podcast. You've downloaded over 11,000 shows over the last 30 days, and ladies and gentlemen, that is a record. We continue to beat each month, every month after that, so let's continue that trend. We truly appreciate your continued support. As I said, all of our shows can be heard live here on Internet Radio Station, octalkradio.net, or rebroadcast anytime from Apple iTunes, Stitcher, and other podcasting services. Our guest, our first guest today is David Kanani. We were talking about his business, his relocation for a personal family, and now rebuilding his business. But 
Kanani Advisory Group is celebrating their 25th anniversary in business, aren't Actually, you? Actually, it's 27. 27? Uh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Started I started in 1986. Changed. 27 years. What's the secret to your firm's longevity? Considered the concentration of investment advisors and large-name firms in your industry? You know, these are great questions. I, I think our, our, our time uh, really demands more personal attention. Uh, I believe uh, our clients are demanding more products, more resources, more services. So um, what the, what's really makes us unique, and I think it's just not me, a lot of the other independent advisors, uh, we have a competitive edge on our advi- uh, on our larger firm companies that are competitors just purely because of the service we can offer, the resources that we can bring to the table as an independent advisor. Hmm. Um, we're not, we don't answer to stockholders. Uh, my licenses will allow me to have a fiduciary responsibility. We answer to families. And so that by itself it makes us very, very different, and uh, that's our advantage. And people see that, and they're flocking to independent advisors. So for any of the 27 years as Kanani Advisory Group, were you ever affiliated with, you mentioned Prudential. Was exactly. That- now keep in mind, the Kanani Advisory Group started about uh, 1998. Okay. So the first 12 years of that, or 10 years of that, was, if I do my math correctly, yeah, uh, it was, okay. I was with Prudential. Okay. I was with a firm. I was fresh out of college, green as you can be, just, just listened and listened and did everything I was told and tried uh-huh. to take care of our clients. And it was just like a teenager that you're ready to move on. Right. Uh, that was my feeling at the time, too. I just thought I've outgrown the company and I need to be independent. And, and it seems to me that many um, independent advisors did get a start with a large firm. That's the There's way There's some real advantages in doing that, especially exactly. for the training and the... You know the support systems that they have around you, and the elder statesmen in yes. the office. And for for the entrepreneurs who are listening, it's a leap of faith. I mean, it's it was challenging the first two years. I had no direction. I was like, "What the heck did I do? That you don't have a place to hang your hat?" Right. It's difficult. It's a leap of faith. But because we were so determined on how we can help our clients, and our clients saw that and and supported us with that, then the referrals came in, and our business just keep growing. By the way, I still go back every other month, and I book my week up from Monday through Friday, and I meet with my Kentucky clients. Oh, okay. Remember, it's all about service. Right. I have clients of mine, Rick, that when I was single, fresh out of college, living at home, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Mocker, they're still clients of mine, <laughs> and I still go visit them. So that's, that's, that's how true we are to our clientele. But you say referrals are a good source of new business for you as well? Absolutely. Okay. And that would be then a challenge moving to Southern California because no exactly. referrals coming from here, exactly. right? You have to build what, your what brand. What we found, how, that was the, 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 how I could grow my business is with uh, financial seminars. We do at least one or two financial seminars a month. Wow. And uh, the secret to getting people there is good food. So, is that the uh, secret? That's a secret. So that's how we can get our message out. And I think our message is unique enough that when they come to see us, then it resonates. And they're like, I need to sit down with David and at least get a second opinion. Did you have those type of events uh, in Louisville as well? It, not as much, but because, again, I had such a clientele that we work on referrals, but we always supplemented some of that in, okay. in our marketing efforts. It seems to me, and maybe I'm wrong, um, that your job has become... As you've gotten more, as a proliferation of investment tools are becoming available, whether it's ETFs or more focused on international, global 
emerging markets, all these, uh, it seems to me that you have much more responsibility to you have more opportunity to refer products to your clients, but exactly. you also have more challenging in really understanding how are they moving, what are the interrelationships. Well, I'm glad you said that. So so we need to really specialize in what we're good at. Uh, I have all the licenses that are required to do what I need to do. However, I'm not a stockbroker. I can buy and sell stocks, but I would not recommend stocks because that's not what I do. Okay. So you have your accumulation advisor. That That's the advisor that from the time you got your first paycheck... You start putting money away, and you put money away, and you know there's fifty dollars a month, a thousand, or whatever, and you want to grow your account. You you're in a growth mode. You want to grow. You have income. You're producing. You're putting money away. Then suddenly comes time where you're approaching retirement. That's the, the stage of life or financial life that I say you approaching preservation and distribution. I am not an accumulation advisor. Okay. And so the the mistake that many clients make is that they've been with their accumulation advisor all their life or most last 10 years or 15 years now they're asking that accumulation advisor that hey i'm I'm afraid of another 2008 i need to protect myself and that's a very unfair question to ask from an accumulation advisor okay just like if you came to me and said david i really want to beat the market I'm not the person. Got it. And we'll make that very clear to our clients in that first meeting. I'm so impressed with you having that conversation with me because I I believe that part of the secret sauce, the long-term success for an entrepreneur turned business owner, you know, is knowing what you do and staying with it. Many times people get fooled because they're good in one area and they think, well, I can do something else. And all of a sudden they're really not as good in that area and they hurt their brand or damage their customers, God forbid. Okay. Well, let me ask you about a current, having said all that, sure. let's talk about a current challenge that might be facing your firm and what you're doing about mitigating that challenge from affecting it. Uh, great question. Again, when we talked about service, uh, we can have all the good intentions in the world, but it is so hard. It is so hard to stay in touch with your clients. So we had to, in the last really five to six years, spend a lot of money and resources and software and and. Um, uh, employees to be able to make sure that our clients are being touched on a regular basis. Uh, When you ask that, one thing that comes to mind, I had a client that many years ago I opened up a small case with, and they kind of fell through the cracks. And uh, recently I saw them, and I noticed that they had just a 401k rollover for about a million dollars, and I didn't get that business. So these are little challenges that we face about staying in touch with our clients, staying in touch, and giving the service that we promised them. You know, I I don't think I've had a guest, and we've had 700 interviews plus over the five years we've been doing the program, who doesn't believe they're in a very competitive space. From the outside looking in, I have to believe wealth management, preservation, capital, the the space that you're in is a, Mm -hmm. it's really hard to differentiate and and to create that awareness that your brand exists beyond your clientele. Very much so. In fact, I, you know, in Irvine, within my five-mile radius, I, I, I cannot tell you how many <laughs> David Canonis yeah. are there. Right. And I call them David Canonis because they could be just like me. And so you're exactly right. It's And because of the baby boomer generation retiring, it's a growing field. There's a lot of money that is going to be flowing to retirement. So there's a lot of people coming to our career. Right. But, again, um, I think... You have to stay true to your um, uh, focus, to what you're good at, 
and stay as laser focused as you can be and clients will see that and they will come to you right and that's how they refer you to other people who need your services exactly. it makes for um twice a year we do an executive conference here at the center club in costa mesa mm-hmm. our, our next one is september 17th and the panel that i'm assembling is to talk about owning your competitive niche because i think this conversation you and i had as i said it's the secret sauce the longevity exactly. is really understanding who your core clients are and finding more like them and more services for them and just continuing to focus on a niche that for mid-market companies it's the secret to being able to get a profitable business that scales to a certain point exactly. especially against larger competitors who exactly. can who has way more resources and brand awareness exactly. than you could ever afford to invest in so let's talk about growth that's our Sure. I love the look at the future. So, David, we'll have you back on the program in a couple of years in the future. What's going to be different? What's your vision for Kanani Advisory Group? Um, really, just to keep doing what we're doing. I mean, uh, we're very focused in what we're good at, as I said. So we, we concentrate on three areas. Um, we, we call this, we want to protect our clients from what they have, money falling to the cracks. And money falling to the cracks would be paying higher taxes than they need to be. You know, I love this country. We all should pay our fair share of taxes. Right, we should. But I don't want to pay a dime more than I have to. And so we actually do a proactive review of our clients' income tax review. The second thing that we do is we look at their income need, income planning, as we said earlier. That's a huge part of what we do. Let me give you another example why this could be important. I don't know if you remember 2007 was the last great year we had. Now, this year seems to be a great year so far. Yes. So all the retirement parties are going on. We're all getting ready to retire. You look at your portfolio and you say, oh, my God, I can retire, take a nice chunk out of my interest without even putting a dent in my principal. Life is good. I'm retiring. Then 2008 happened. The average portfolio lost 30 to 40%. Mm-hmm. Now that same, same individual says, now I'm retired. I can't take any less money. But if I keep keep taking the same amount of money that from a portfolio just lost thirty to forty percent, it's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when you're going to run out of money. Right. We're going to make sure that will never ever happen. Most important, we talk to the gentleman who's the entrepreneur and say, "Hey, Mr. Smith, you know what you're doing. You have a good handle on what's going on. But what if you don't wake up tomorrow? Does Mrs. Jones is she going to be really interested in sitting with your financial advisor and talk about stocks, bonds, and mutual funds?" Or they just want to turn the switch on and make sure that check comes in the mail every mm-hmm. month. That's a big part of what we do. And the third part is, am I taking more risk than I'm comfortable with? If you're getting queasy feelings about your portfolio and you keep hearing this idea that hang in there, it's going to come back, right. that's a bad sign. You have the wrong advisor. Okay. So these are the things that we're looking to grow in our business and uh, getting more and more of our pe- uh, people out there hearing our message. So we have about two minutes left, okay. and I wanted to. I was just curious because this is an area of specialty for you. If someone's out there and they say, "I really don't know how much of my pre-retirement income I need to be able to live a lifestyle," and I know people's retirement lifestyles are all over the map, but generally speaking, David, is there a rule of thumb of what people should think they should be able to? They'll need. It is all over the map. It is uh, for our clients. Generally, our clients are pretty frugal. When they are approaching retirement, the house is paid off. They're not spenders. So, um, b- believe it or not, th- all they need for their fixed expenses—not vacation money, not car payments, or what have you—about six to seven thousand dollars in Orange County will do it. So, as long as you can have that money coming in, 
generally most of our clients are okay with that. Now, again, if you have a unique, we have clients that are needing ten, fifteen thousand a month. Mm-hmm. So it's all over the map, and there is no fixed rule about that. What I do, uh, what we do have real quick is we do have a proprietary software that we can customize that income plan for that specific individual. Okay, based on a set of assumptions. Exactly. Excellent. Okay, so if somebody wants to learn more about you, have maybe a meeting and understand if you can help them, see your proprietary tool. How do they find you online? Well, the f- easiest one is 877-829-9227. That's our toll-free number. We're in Irvine, which is 877-829-9227. Our website is www.kananiadvisorygroup.com. And you're going to spell that, right? Uh, Kanani is K-A-N-A-N-I. Thank you. Kananiadvisorygroup.com. Thank you. Uh, and uh, we're also by email, uh, dkanani at kananiadvisorygroup.com. It has been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Same here. Thank you for the work that you do for people. Thank you. I hope everybody out there listening has a solid idea about their retirement plan, because if we don't, if you don't, uh, you need to get one. Thank everybody you, needs one. Thank you, David. Thanks Appreciate your time. Me. Oh, our pleasure. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take our second commercial break. When we come back, our second guest, Ryder Smith, president of Trapepi Smith & Associates, will be our guest. Stay tuned. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, Under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. The Orange County Business Journal has ranked Commerce National Bank the 26th fastest-growing public company in Orange County, and they remain a Bauer Financial five-star institution. President and CEO Mark Simmons attributes this success to how well the bank treats its customers and employees. Commerce National Bank simply delivers personal service at a higher level than its competitors, while offering technology on par with the big banks. If your organization could use a new business bank, call Mary Miller, Senior Vice President, at 949-870-3863 or visit them online at www.commercenatbank.com. That's commercenatbank.com. Give Commerce National a chance to do better than your bank, and they will handle the rest. Back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. If you would like to reach an audience demographic of 98% business owners and executives who listen to our show to learn from our guests, then you might want to consider advertising on our radio show. Each month, our sponsors gain valuable exposure through their support of our show. We deliver over 25,000 highly targeted sponsor impressions a month. To learn more, contact our advertising department at 949 949- Eight eight seven forty one zero four. Okay, as promised, our second guest here is in the studio. Ryder Smith is president of Trapepi Smith and Associates. Ryder, welcome to the program. Rick, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I first came across Ryder when he was a panelist at a Cal State Fullerton event earlier this year, and when I heard him talk on the panel, I said we need to have him on the radio show. And so here we are, 
with him as a guest on the radio show. Tell us a little bit about your professional background. Sort of, what did you do before you found Trapepe Smith and Associates? Uh, I jumped into IT. Uh, kind of the late '90s was when all the twenty-somethings were becoming millionaires, and I wanted to jump in on that bandwagon. So I spent most of my time doing technology work. But I was okay. always the nerd that they'd put in front of a customer, and uh, so I ended up running marketing, getting into sales, and um, communications work as well. So it was kind of a, a mixed bag. I worked for a couple startups. And um, that were in the mortgage space, and I had a temporary staffing firm, and then ended up going going with Trepepe Smith. So, as the founder of co-founder of Trepepe Smith, yes. I know we, we we understand you have a partner, absolutely partner slash wife, wonderful person. What is it that makes your firm? What do you do, and what makes you different? Sure, that's a that's a great question. So, uh, we're a hybrid mix of uh, if you kind of imagine a Venn diagram of marketing, technology, and public affairs. Okay. In any one of those areas, we do well, but where we can overlap them, uh, we do particularly well. So, if it's a local government that uh, is interested in doing some techno- technology work. We can come in and help that local government. That's where we have our strong local government focus. And about probably 75% of our revenue is in the local government space, whether it's private companies doing business with local government or the local government agencies themselves. Okay. Or if you are, a say, a private sector company who wants to um, conduct business with local government and you're looking for some marketing work to help support that. So we'll leverage our technology prowess to build a website. We'll work on our messaging around that. That will focus on kind of key messages that local governments want to hear and imagery that local governments are accustomed to seeing. And we can provide advisory services on how to get in front of decision makers at the local government level, um, whether it's getting the right publications, the right marketing channels, or the right associations to be involved with. Are local governments good prospects? The reason why I ask is we all hear about budget cuts and constraints and all that, and I'm just wondering... Has that filtered down to the local government, and is that world different than it was, say, 10 years ago, five years ago? Uh, so it, it's um, it, it's kind of a, a – there's a yin and yang to this. The, the challenge is that local governments, when things get tight, will potentially look to either just cut way back and then outsource certain services that they brought in-house. On the flip side, as things start to ramp up, they will look to stick a toe in the water to see um, if they can stick with a particular new program or idea. So imagine if you're a city and you want to do some more communications with your community. Mm-hmm. You might want to, if you're just coming out of a tough budget time, you might want to engage in a program, see where it goes. And then as things stabilize, you might want to bring it back in-house. It's pretty common to see corporations act the same way. The difference is cities tend to have a horizon that goes on for years and years and years. And they also have some different budgeting cycles to consider, too. So I'd say in general right now, I'm seeing a pretty good rebirth. Cities are seeing good sales tax revenue uh, come back, and they're starting to build back from where they were. But they took a huge hit in the last couple of years, particularly with the elimination of redevelopment agencies in California. There's a number of cities that really suffered on their budgets, and um, and they're working hard to come back. So So you really need to be... uh as an advisor and a service provider to these vendors, you really need to understand the dynamics of what's going on at local government levels. Is that specific to Southern California? Or where is your field of play? We um, So we're definitely strongest in Southern California. Uh, we, we cover the entire state, though, so our, and we don't go beyond. Okay. So um, so we'll, we'll work with local governments up and down the state, with companies that are based out of Fresno, out of Sacramento, the Bay Area. Um, but most of our clients are somewhere in these greater L.A., Orange County region. Okay. And you provide services either to the local um, governments or to outside vendors that want to do business with local government. Right. So if it's website development or email campaign marketing or uh, video production services or um, just strategic messaging, we kind of provide all all that guidance and help and support. I mean, we're really – 
you know, kind of one of the big big things for me is, is relationships and business relationship, relationships and getting to know people. That's really kind of core to us at Trippett B. Smith. And, um, and it just so happens local government is a very – um, you know, relationships matter in that space. Trust right. matters in that space. It's a it's a time it's a kind of space that goes on for years and years and years. It's not the kind of space you enter one year and you suddenly are a rock star and you're 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 going places. It takes time and patience, and you want to get to know people and you need to understand the nuances and um, and you want to be a good friend a good friend of the space. So that involves being patient and being around for the long game. And um, and we've really found that's very helpful for us. And it, we are then able to guide our clients on those issues too. They can't just show up on day one and think. They're going to nail a contract and are off and running. It takes right. time. Gotta it definitely takes time. Absolutely. So, so final question in this area, then we'll move on, because uh, I've got a number of questions here that I want to ask you today. And we're talking with Ryder Smith, who is president of Tropepe Smith & Associates. Um, there seems to me to be some level of professional management at the city manager level. And those, ladies and gentlemen, tend, I think can move around, right, because mm-hmm. they have a career. They go maybe yeah. bigger. Com- I don't know the exact thing, but I kind of see the parallel. But then there's a lot of employees of the city government, local government, that are there for the long haul. Sure. So um, do, do you see that city that having the city managers move from different markets, different cities, is that an opportunity for you to build a longer-term relationship with them, or um, are you focused more on the individuals that are at the city level that are probably going to stay there for... First of all, we value any relationship we get the opportunity to create, of right? Course. So whether whether they are uh, city staff who are uh, in the trenches for 15 years with a city, or they're a city manager who's moving on, uh, and you know, frankly, at the end of the day, as long as we work hard and we earn uh, we earn our keep and we we deliver for clients, then that's really the most important thing of all. Um, city managers, because of the nature of the business. Um, they end up finding themselves uh, having to make more moves than the typical career professional. And that's why it's a very unique oh, profession. Okay. My, my father-in-law was actually a 28-year city manager um, uh, with the city of Rosemead in, in San Gabriel Valley. And he was one of the, at the time, he was the lo- one of the longest standing city managers to have survived for that long. It's just a very difficult profession because think. there's a lot of issues that come up. Politics yeah, change sometimes. Pol- yeah, yeah huh? I mean, you know, sometimes you can't get away from the politics. Yeah, three people become the new, the new council, council majority <laughs> change, and all of a sudden you find yourself on the short end of a vote and you're no longer a, a city manager. But these are, you know, these are very important folks, right? These are the CEOs that kind of run the day-to-day infrastructure that's really critical to our lives as residents, and especially in California, as urbanized as we are. I mean, right. we're sitting here in, in Costa Mesa. Uh, Tom Hatch is the city manager. He does, you know, or actually in, in Costa Mesa, he's called the CEO. He has does a bang-up job for the work that he does, and it's it's a challenging city, no doubt. Right. Great. Well, thank you for being letting me uh, go off script there. We've got about two minutes before our next commercial break, but I did want to ask you about your guiding principle, you know, the overarching kind of philosophy that you and your partner have for how you're growing and leading through Peppy Smith? Sure. First and foremost, ethics is a big deal to us because at the end of the day, I have a nine-year-old daughter and I need to be able to look her in the in the face in the morning and feel really proud about what I'm about and what we're doing. So uh, that's always kind of the starting point for any any consideration of business opportunity and venture and client and where we're going. And, I, and, and really that feeds in nicely to our core focus around these relationships, these building valuable long-term relationships with folks that um, that we believe are going to service, service well going forward, particularly in the kind of the broader local government arena, just knowing who's, who's where, when, why, and how. And then at the end of the day, if you look at the history that I've had of technology and you look at the impact that technology is really having on the marketing space and on the public affairs space and on the messaging space, it's very significant. So our ability to leverage the kind of technology skill set and apply it to these areas 
um, has is is kind of enabling our clients to do different and revolutionary things. And if I could, if you'll indulge me, indulge me for one minute on that, uh, a great example is video production. In fact, if better, a great example is what we're doing here right now, right? I mean, we're living in the era of the, the digital era. Technology has right. enabled what we're doing right now on exactly. this radio show, and it would have been very difficult for you and I to do this. Ten years ago, it would have right. been very hard. But very this hard. is top class act professional, and we do the same thing with video production too. Our pitch is eighty uh, percent of CNN's quality at twenty percent of the price, wow. and and we can achieve that because of technology and where it's taken us as mm-hmm. a, as a, as and kind of enabled us as a small firm to be able to do great things. Great. Well, we're going to take our third and final commercial break, ladies and gentlemen. We're only going to be gone for about sixty seconds, so don't go anywhere because when we come back, I'm going to ask Ryder Smith to tell me a little bit more about his. Corporate Sponsor of the Year, being named that by the California City Management Foundation. So you're going to want to hear that conversation, and we'll be right back after these words from our sponsors. It takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. And at the end of the day, the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be you. So United Way is asking you to make a pledge. Tutor a child who needs help. Mentor a kid who needs someone on their side. Volunteer to read to children. Because when a child advances, we all advance. Be a reader. Tutor or mentor. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge now at liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. And each week, we look for thoughtful business executives and community leaders who can participate in the conversations that we like to have here on Critical Mass Radio Show. If you're out there and you're thinking, hey, I'm a business leader or a community leader, maybe I could be on Critical Mass Radio Show, then find our commu- our contact page on our website, which is criticalmass4business.com. Send an email to me as the host, and I will contact you and connect you with our producer, and we'll see if you might make a good guest. Or you can refer someone as well. We're always looking about half of our guests come from referrals uh, of past guests. Speaking of current guests, our guest is Ryder Smith. He is president, co-founder of Trepepe Smith & Associates. Before the break, Ryder, I said I was going to ask you, talk about earlier this year the California City Management Foundation named your firm Corporate Sponsor of the Year. Can you explain to our audience how you won this award and the impact of winning this award? What's that had? A, what impact has that had on your firm? Uh, so first and foremost, the uh, I should just say the California City Management Foundation is a um, nonprofit organization dedicated to advancing excellence in the city management profession. Right. So it's a it's a really good organization focused on what is a very important element of advancing our civilization in California, given how urbanized we are. You know, having strong, effective city managers to work with city councils is really important for the success of California. I, you know, I was, frankly, totally surprised by this. I mean, we, we work, they're a client of ours. We do a lot of work for the California City Management Foundation. Um, so the last thing you'd expect is that you'd actually be recognized as a corporate supporter. Uh, but uh, I have, I'd like to think that we've done solid work for them. We've always tried to be there as an asset and an innovator. Last year, we launched a series called the um, Meet Your City Manager series, which was really an op- where we shot videos, uh, interviews with city managers, usually about three to five minutes in length. And for the first time, really tried to help city managers talk a little bit about what they do, what the, their ethical obligations are, what their role mm-hmm. is as a city manager. Because for a lot of folks, the city manager is not somebody they've ever seen. They right. see the council. They know the council does their thing. And frankly, most city managers 
managers want it that way. Their, their job is to be behind the scenes, making sure that the city runs well, and the council's job is to set policy and give guidance to the manager so he can go execute it. He okay. or she can go execute it. Okay. So we did this video series. It was very, I think, innovative and very well received, and it was just one of a kind of a series of things that we've done to truly increase the outreach and communications that the foundation was having, not only with its members and potential members in the city management community, but also just broadly to the state of California and the public at large, really trying to expose this uh, important part of the professional network that are the professional folks that are out there serving in cities all across California. And what has this election done for Trepepe Smith and Associates? Well, it, it you know I think the first foremost thing I'd say is it's given us a higher level of credibility um, because we are a, in the grand scheme of things a relatively small firm, and okay. you know for, from although. Um, uh, we have some good help and guidance from uh, my father-in-law, who was a longtime city manager. At the end of the day, this is a space that we're four years, five years new into, right? So from that perspective, to have come this far um, is really great. And I think having this award has helped kind of recognize how far we've come and that we are, we're here as a team and as a, as a member of the team to try to do good work in the public policy arena. And that's been very helpful for us in all of our interactions with uh, elected officials and, and uh, city managers and city staff throughout California. Is this organization in Southern California, or is it in Northern California? It's actually it's in Southern California. Um, it, it they operate. There's a um, part-time executive director. Her name is Rita Geldert. Uh, she's actually a retired city manager from the city of Vista. And then prior to that, it was a gentleman named Bill Garrett, who was a retired city manager out of the, um, I believe, uh, El Cajon was the city that he retired out of. Yeah, this is a crazy question. It's okay if you don't choose to want to answer it or have the answer. How many local governments? are there in the state of California? 480, I believe there's 480 city governments Jeez. in the state of California. But now the local government is a different question. Because, okay. Right, because local government would imply water agencies right. and vector control agencies. And then at that point, you start getting what are called special districts. And then you count, usually counties are, are, are count as well. So, you know, once you get through all that, you're up over several thousand. Wow. So there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot of local government. Right. Uh, but it's it's where the rubber meets the road in California. And, and time and time again, if you look at any poll where the people look at what they're what their positive experience is in government, how they generally rate their government experience. Right. Local government always outranks the state and the feds, you know, nine, always, just constantly. I think that's because they're closer to their constituents, right? You can't hide. I mean, it's not a faceless, I mean, Correct. they're I mean, members it's, of the community. You're, you're definitely engaged with the community. I mean, it's, it's a much different thing to be sitting in, in Washington, D.C., making challenging decisions and then, you know, try to make it back to your district every now and then versus sitting in the church pew on Sunday or right. going to Ralph's on Saturday and right. having somebody grab you by the shoulder and say, "Hey, buddy, you know what, what was up with that conditional use permit?" Or I, you know, I really disagree. Or I got this barking dog and they're driving me completely bonkers. What, what's our ordinance policy around barking dogs in this city? Yeah, they're much more accountable. So huh? you're very, yeah. you're very accountable. That's great. And, you know, you come to the you come to the city council meeting and you sit there and the people can show up in the audience. You'll if you. You know, if you're trying to put up a cell phone tower, you're going to have 150 <laughs> people show up in your audience, and you're, you're, facing, you're facing the wrath of the. Yeah, I mean, right. you know, you're, you have real issues to, to handle, to handle and address. But it's fascinating, and it's a great space. It's really important. It is, and thank you for focusing on. It. I'm glad you're here today talking about it and raising the awareness of our audience of business owners and CEOs to the impact of local government. Question about Trepepe Smith and Associates. Talk about a current challenge that the firm is facing and what you and your partner are doing to minimize that challenge or mitigate it from affecting the firm. I'm not sure if I could entirely describe this as a challenge, but it's really one of scale. We're, we're trying very hard to scale the organization and get bigger. I know where my core skill sets and capabilities are, and I know I need to backfill myself with, skill, with other resources who have different skills that are better than mine in certain areas as well. I'm very good at being in front of clients and talking about issues and looking at strategies and, and drawing out large uh, kind of plans to execute. 
Um, but every now and then I got to get back to the grindstone and actually balance that out with you know clicking and clacking away on a keyboard uh-huh. till two o'clock in the morning trying to make it all happen. So we're really focused on trying to move into those contracts that give us a little bit more scale, a little more breathing room that allow us to um, still deliver great service and allows me and allows myself to be more optimized over some of the, for the client delivery that I'm working on. That's been a big focus of us. And the other thing I'd say around that is the one challenge that comes with bigger contracts is they take a little longer to kind of manifest. You know, you'll you'll get a contract, but maybe it doesn't kick in. I mean, I have a contract where we signed it in December, and we have yet to actually do any work on it. Mm. So you try to make plans around that, and then they fall through, and you're trying to balance incoming potential people resources with cash flow and, you know, all the standard stuff that a good small business person faces in America every single day. It's yeah. a challenge, but it's fun. And I would think in your space um – there are partnerships that you can develop, either referral partners or 1099 contractors. There are ways to get at that. I need a little more resource, but I'm not ready maybe to bring in the full-time person to do it. You know, I, I find that fascinating now in today's with technology, mm-hmm. enabling people to do work for you who may not even be in the same zip code as oh, you. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we are, um, you know, my background is technology, yeah. and uh, we've talked about this a little bit before, but at the end of the day, technology has really enabled small organizations to act bigger and yes. be effective. Yes. So, for example, I um, we use Google Apps in our, in our company, uh, solid Google Apps everywhere, and Dropbox, and uh, a couple other technologies, and we operate virtually. I have a, a resource up in Pleasanton, California. I have a resource in East Los Angeles. I have a couple... Uh, videographer, photographer resources that um, do part-time work elsewhere, and they do part-time work for me. I sit down sometimes on site with a client down in Irvine or sit on my home office in Tustin, and it just goes from there. So, But we're on Instant Messenger all day. Everybody's readily at their fingertips. We can video conference like, you know, if we need something. We keep spreadsheets of what's going on with the client projects. So they're updated in real time. And um, technology, you know, since we kind of were born in this area, it's all it's era. It's all we know. It's how we've implemented Trebeppe Smith at this point, and it works really well. Yeah, it's wonderful for the productivity of a, of a mid-sized company like yours. Yeah. Um, we have about two minutes left, okay. so I want to talk about the future. We're going to have you back at some point in the future. What's your growth strategy? What's going to be different? Where do you see the future opportunities coming for Trebeppe Smith? And associates. So continue reputation build is first and foremost. We sink a lot of money that we make right now back into the company, back into an opportunity to meet new people, find new uh, adventures, uh, do some R&D, some personal development R&D by participating in conferences and participating in institute events that kind of better educate us and make us more effective on behalf of our clients. So we definitely are, are kind of reinvesting in ourselves first and foremost. Uh, and trying to spread our our name as um, as much as possible so people can recognize that brand. So we're you know to some extent when we're a marketing firm, we need to eat our own dog food, right? Exactly. So so we're eating our dog food. We are we're doing email marketing campaigns. We're updating our website. We're using our social media. We're doing Google AdWords. We're doing Facebook advertising. All the things you want to do to try to build out that name. But at the end of the day, our most important thing is we just deliver a good product for our clients, and they are good referrals. If I can exit every every engagement with a customer referral, that's just going to make my life a lot easier. And I'm fortunate that I have a list of really good references now that's kind of made it a lot easier for us to just keep moving forward in this space. We the one other thing that uh, that kind of focuses around this too is scale. So we've one of the things we, we want to do was actually build an asset that was kind of bigger than Trepepe Smith, and, and that's called Civic Business Journal, and it's an online business publication that's focused on 
uh, stories of private sector companies doing good work in the local government space. And we really are just looking to create a platform that we can help tell stories for our clients or for people who aren't our clients yet. And, uh, you know, with the idea of spreading the word about this good, these, this good work. Because if you look at a lot of local government now, it's a really nice hybrid mix of private sector partnerships and public agencies trying to get the job done. Right. But there's a lot of great work that goes on there. And there just isn't enough coverage of those kind of stories. And technology and niche media and the internet have made it all possible to cover that. We just have core skill sets that make that happen. So we're really looking forward to building up Civic Business Journal as well. And that's its online? It's an online, yeah, civicbusinessjournal.com. I will admit right now we just had to go through a WordPress 3.6 upgrade and it blew up a little bit on me. So if you go there right now, don't judge it. Just okay. <laughs> give me 24 hours till I can get this thing fixed. Okay. <laughs> and if people want to find you online, what's your website? Uh, it's a mouthful. So we are at www.trapepismith.com. And uh, I'm sure you'll have some show notes or something with the link. But Tripepi is T-R-I-P-E-P-I-S-M-I-T-H.com. Or you can call me 24-7 on my cell phone, 626-536-2173. I, uh, I always answer because we do a lot of communications work and crises happen in the middle of the night sometimes. Well, I appreciate you being in here today. Thank you for giving a little bit of what you know about this interesting space. I'm glad when I saw you on the panel, I knew you'd make a... Interesting guest. You did not disappoint. You exceeded my expectations. Thanks for being a friend of the program. Absolutely. And welcome to the Critical Mass business community. Thanks, Rick. You do a great job. This is a great show. Thank you very much. And I'd like to thank our engineer today, Paul Roberts. Our producer is Rachel Franzi. Our guest coordinator is Kathleen Shepard. And our marketing communications manager is Kelly Faltus. This is Rick Franzi saying until the next time we have a chance to talk, here's hoping that all of your decisions will move your business in a positive direction. You've been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show right here on Orange County's only community radio station, OCTalkRadio.net.